G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Most of us have a sense that there's some plan for our lives, some purpose, or at least there's supposed to be. But the easiest thing in the world for us to do is to be drawn off purpose, to kind of find ourselves living a life that deep down we know wasn't the one that we were meant to be living. Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond, and thank you so much for joining me again on Christianity Works. Today we're continuing with the next message in a series called Rekindling the Flame, all about making sure that you're flowing in the gifting that God's given you and doing the things He's called you to do. So let's head into God's Word and please do stay tuned because in just a few minutes I'll be telling you how you can receive Christianity Works free daily devotional. It's called Fresh and it's all about helping you draw closer to Jesus and grow stronger in your faith. I don't know if you've been able to join me last week on the program, but we've been chatting about getting back on purpose. You can always tell a Christ follower who's struggling because that would be the Christ follower who's been drawn off purpose. They've become overly reactive to their circumstances, chasing after what the world says is the right thing, rather than persevering through the tough times and doing what God's called them to do. I spent 10 years as an officer in the Australian Army, and at all levels of leadership, from junior to senior ranks, one of the key principles of war is the selection and maintenance of the aim. In other words, staying on purpose. In other words, knowing which hill it is that we're about to capture, and when the bullets start flying and the shells start exploding around you, staying focused on taking that one hill, which is the reason that we're out here getting shot at in the first place. It turns out that being a Christ follower, which is what a disciple is, is exactly about the same thing. And there are far too many who've been drawn off purpose and so have ceased following Jesus. Now, that may seem a little harsh and direct, so humor me and and let me unpack that with you. We're taking another look this week at the Apostle Paul's second letter to his young protege, Timothy, because it's a letter all about maintaining our sense of purpose and focus, remembering what we're here for, despite the bullets that are flying around and the shells that are going off around us, despite our circumstances, be they a mundane grind, be they a challenge, or be they wonderful. Whatever our circumstances are, the easiest thing to do, especially when the going gets tough, is to lose our sense of the purpose for which God made us, what our gift is. And so Paul, who himself is chained up in prison, counsels Timothy through that. The two verses that stick out for me are these, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6. For this reason I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is within you through the laying on of my hands, And verse 14, guard the good treasure entrusted to you with the help of the Holy Spirit living in us. As I said, it's the easiest thing in the world to forget the gift that God has placed within us. That one thing that you love doing, that that one thing that you're better at than just about anyone else that you know, and to have the treasure stolen from us. 
God didn't give us that gift just to bless us. He entrusted this treasure into our care to be good stewards of it, to use it. But it can be hard to hang on to that gift, that purpose, that that treasure when stuff is flying around through the air. So let's pick up what Paul has to say to Timothy about this very thing. 2 Timothy chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. You then, my child, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and what you have heard from me through many witnesses entrust to faithful people who will be able to teach others as well. Share in suffering like a good soldier of Christ. No one serving in the army gets entangled in everyday affairs. The soldier's aim is to please the enlisting officer. And in the case of an athlete, no one is crowned without competing according to the rules. It is the farmer who does the work who ought to have the first share of the crops. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in all things. Remember, Jesus Christ raised from the dead a descendant of David. That is my gospel, for which I suffer hardship, even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But the word of God is not changed. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, so that they may also obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. The saying is sure, if we have died with him, we also live with him. If we endure, we also reign with him. If we deny him... He will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. See, whenever suffering comes, our first instinct is to compare that against what the world says equals success and figure, well, I must be failing God somehow. When we're hurting, we forget that over and over and over again, God's word promises that we will suffer, that we will face trials, that he will discipline us. So Paul, on the very premise of that suffering, uses three powerful, simple analogies about staying focused on our gifting and our purpose through the suffering. The first is the soldier, who doesn't get entangled in day-to-day affairs of this world, but who instead stays focused on what the enlisting officer wants him to do. The second is the athlete, who can't win the prize unless he actually competes according to the rules. And the third is the farmer, who does the work, who is then entitled to his first share of the reward. In each case, it's the same thing. It's about staying focused on the end game, through the suffering and the battle and the hard work and the training and the ploughing and the planting, in order to be who we were meant to be, to do what we were meant to do, and ultimately to reap the reward of having stayed the distance. Do you see the heavenly perspective, the eternal dimension? Paul's helping Timothy to take a step back and to see the bigger picture because when we're suffering, our eyes are cast down to focus on the immediate. And then Paul goes on to speak of the power of that endurance, the powerful outcome in bringing people to God and ultimately being accepted into the kingdom of God with eternal life through Jesus Christ. Time and time again, I see people giving up because it's tough. I see people pulled off purpose because it's all gotten just too hard. And the picture that the Lord's given me is that when I'm following Jesus down that dusty road, sometimes it's a lonely road, when it gets hard and I see other people pulling off to the left or to the right, parking on the side of the road, even turning around and turning back, I should keep going, following Jesus, even if I'm completely alone, save for his presence. The saying is sure. If we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure with him, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot 
deny himself. Let me encourage you to take God's word into your heart today. If it's all too hard, if every fibre of your being is screaming at you, saying, stop, turn back, give up, don't keep following Jesus, it's too hard, it hurts too much, you know what I'm talking about. Take heart here from Paul's counsel. Share in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving the army gets entangled in everyday affairs. The soldier's aim is to please the enlisting officer. And in the case of an athlete, no one is crowned without competing according to the rules. And it's the farmer who does the work who ought to have the first share of the crops. Remember, when Paul wrote this to Timothy, he was sitting in a prison, he was chained up, he was in the worst of all circumstances, he was waiting to be executed, and still he says, look, forget about your circumstances. Don't focus on them. Remember what God made you to do. Rekindle the gift that is within you through the laying on of my hands. Guard the treasure that has been given to you through the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. With everything he is, Paul is saying to Timothy, and I believe God is saying to you and me, don't stop, don't give up. Keep going and do the things that you know God has called you to do. I'm Bernie Diamond and you're listening to Christianity Works. As we take this short break, I'd like to tell you about a free daily resource that I'd love to send you to help you be all that God made you to be. It's called Fresh, a short daily devotional with a powerful scripture verse and some words of inspiration, hope and encouragement delivered right to the inbox on your smartphone, tablet or computer each day. You can read it, listen to the audio or watch the daily video. It's completely up to you. God's word fresh for you each day. And it's completely free. To get instant access, just stop by at ChristianityWorks.com. You'll see the Fresh e-devotional sign-up right there at the top of the homepage. And when you do subscribe, you'll instantly receive a free copy of the e-book, How Can I Hear God Speak to Me? That web address, in case you missed it, is ChristianityWorks.com. So go ahead, sign up to receive Fresh, and may your heart be touched and transformed as you draw ever closer to Jesus through his word. Now, it never ceases to amaze me how we manage to rework God's word to suit ourselves, to make it say what we want it to say. People argue about all sorts of things that, if we were honest, are plainly obvious. There is one way, one truth, plain and simple, and it's like a firm foundation beneath our feet. You and I, we manage to find all kinds of ways to to wander away from that plan and then to miss out on the joy and the fulfilment that lies in God's plans and God's purposes for our lives. And one of the ways that that gift grows cold and the treasure wastes away is that we allow the little foxes into our lives and it's those little foxes who spoil the vine. Most of us have this idea that there are these really big sins and then there are small sins. I mean, the big sins are like sexual immorality, adultery, murder, theft. They're up there on our hierarchy as being amongst the real biggies. But a bit of anger or some arguing or maybe this this idea or that idea we get into our heads that doesn't quite fit with God's word. Hey, we all have that. They're the little sins. And as long as we keep away from the big ones, hey, who cares about the little ones? We may not ever have quite put it in those terms, but that's how most of us think and operate. But let me say this. 
The Bible knows nothing of this human hierarchy of sin. To God, sin is sin. It's missing the mark, missing the point for our lives. Now, we can miss by a little way or we can miss by a long way, but missing is missing, right? And so as Paul counsels Timothy about rekindling his gift and staying focused on the purposes that God has sent before him, he actually takes some time to deal with sins, many of which appear to be the little ones. Let's have a listen. 2 Timothy chapter 2, beginning at verse 14. Remind them of this, he says to Timothy, and warn them before God that they are to avoid wrangling over words which does no good but ruins those who are listening. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved by him, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly explaining the word of truth. Avoid profane chatter, for it will lead people into more and more impiety, and their talk will spread like gangrene. Among them are Hermenius and Philetus, who have swerved from the truth, claiming that the resurrection has already taken place. They are upsetting the faith of some. But God's firm foundation stands, bearing this inscription, The Lord knows who are his, and let everyone who calls on the name of the Lord turn away from wickedness. So here Paul is telling Timothy how to shepherd his flock. And the big thing he's on about is to warn them to stop wrangling over words, to avoid profane chatter. Well, what's the big deal here? Can't people have an opinion? Can't, can't there be a healthy debate? Smack bang here in Paul's exhortation for Timothy to stay focused, to rekindle that gift that God has placed within him, to guard the treasure that God's entrusted to him. Why would Paul seemingly go off on this, this tangent, telling Timothy to tell his flock to be careful about what they say and who they listen to? Because it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. Or to use Paul's analogy here, this loose talk will spread like gangrene. Yuck. Okay, what loose talk? It's talk about the most important thing of all, truth. What's true and what's not. It seems there were some people with some rather long and difficult to pronounce names wandering around spreading the lie that the resurrection of the believers had already taken place, which when you think about it seems a bit silly because by definition the people spreading the rumours had missed out, right? So what's Paul's point here to Timothy and why 2,000 years on are we talking about this when the main topic of our conversation over these weeks is staying focused on the plan that God has for our lives? Well, the answer is really simple. I've seen so many people led astray by others who throw a red herring into the conversation about truth and then people go chasing after that red herring and before you know it, instead of being focused on what God's calling them to be and to do, they're off on a tangent miles from where God wants them to be. I know one man who spends his life being ultra-critical of church structures. In his view, there shouldn't be any leaders. We're all equals and there shouldn't be a preacher. We should all just kind of sit around and chat together about the Word of God and debate it. So when I have a coffee, I asked him to tell me where in God's Word he comes up with that. He kind of fluffs around and gets back to his theme. And, you know, this guy hardly ever comes to church and hardly ever participates in any sense of community. Now, it's really sad because he's a clever guy and in many respects he's a delightful human being with so much to offer the rest of us. What he should be doing is offering his gift, his ability, his unique contribution to the body of Christ, but instead he's off on some theory that ain't in the Bible and he's missing out on what God has planned for him. Friend, we can pick holes in just about anything. And let me tell you, church, church being full of a bunch of sinners on a journey like you and me is the easiest thing of all to pick holes in, let me tell you. 
But what happens when we do that is that it's like gangrene. It ends up robbing us of life. The good news of Jesus is pure and simple. God so loved the world that he sent his only son so that whoever believes in him won't perish but will have eternal life. That's the firm foundation here. The firm foundation is that God knows which one of us belong to him and which one of us don't. And when we belong to God because of our faith in Jesus Christ, we're not there to argue about this or that or pick holes in this or that. You know what I'm saying? That takes us way, way, way off course. That's not how we rekindle the gift that God's put within us. That's not how we make an impact in in other people's lives for Christ. That's not how rivers of living water flow out through our hearts. Let me encourage you today. If you're off on something, if, if you have a bee in your bonnet about this thing or that thing, take the bonnet off. Let the bee out and get back to a firm foundation in Christ by reading his word, praying, learning, growing, and serving using your special gift and ability. For some people today, it's time to get your life back on track. I'm Bernie Diamond, and you're listening to Christianity Works. So often the gifts and abilities that God's given to his people, people like you and me, are still there, but they're dormant. With all my heart, I believe that God wants you to be all that he made you to be, to use those gifts and abilities for his glory. That's why I'd love to send you a free copy of our latest life application booklet. It's called Rekindling the Flame, and it's full of life-changing practical Bible teaching to help you do just that, to become all that God made you to be. And you know, at the end of each chapter, you'll find some life application questions to help you think through and apply God's Word right into your situation, into your reality. To request your copy, stop by at ChristianityWorks.com and you'll see that free offer right there towards the top of the homepage. Click on it, pop in your name and email, and that e-booklet will be winging its way to your inbox in just seconds. It really is that easy. Again, that web address is ChristianityWorks.com. Now, we each have a special gift or ability that God's given us, unique to us. And so often we have a dream for using it. But somehow, it doesn't ever quite happen. Somehow, this special gift or ability just ends up being ever so ordinary without much of an impact in this world. Have you ever wondered why that is? On the one hand, the world's always shouting at us that that we're special, that we deserve the best, that that we should pamper ourselves and aspire to achieving this and aspire to achieving that. By and large, it's the advertising industry reaching into our desire for significance. You realise, though, that what they're really doing is playing on our insecurities in order to get us to part with our hard-earned cash. Because quite obviously, whatever it is that they're selling will help us to feel secure. Of course, it never does. And so they try and sell us the next thing and the next thing and the next thing, which is how the whole system works. The result of this inexorable cycle is that most of us don't think we're anything special at all. And most of us have so much of the world's dirt sprayed all over us that any specialness we may have had ends up being obscured, hidden under this layer of muck. And yet in each one of us, there is something special. Let me say that again. In each one of us, there is something special, something very special, not because you or I happen to be super clever and we put it there, 
Paul tells us that he knows that in his flesh, in his human character, there's nothing good in there. He's rotten to the core. But the reason there's something special in us is because you and I are made in God's image. And he's given each one of us a special gift or ability to use for his glory, if only we can find it amidst all the the, the muck. And he made each one of us to be an absolutely perfect match for what he's planned for us to do. Someone whose call in life is to work with kids is going to have a special mix of compassion and teacher and encourager in their makeup. And because that's how they've been wired, they're going to absolutely love working with children every day, whereas that would drive me absolutely bonkers. Now, this is not just me saying this. It's in God's word. God has brought us into his kingdom through Jesus Christ, not just to bless us, but to let our gifts and our abilities be blessings to other people. Have a listen. Ephesians chapter 2, beginning at verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is a gift from God, not the result of your works, so that no one may boast. For we are what he has made us, created in Christ Jesus, to do the good works which God prepared beforehand for us to walk into. So God has done this this amazing act of grace by saving us from the death that's certainly coming through our sin. It's a glorious act of mercy. And anyone who's received that mercy, man, we should we should be dancing in the streets. It wasn't through our works, but it was a free gift from God so that none of us may boast. In fact, what he did was create us in Christ Jesus. We are what he made us to be. And he created us with a purpose for the good works which he had already prepared beforehand for us to do. So who we are and what he's made us to be fit like a hand in a glove. But then having been saved, as we saw before the break, we seem to want to kind of fall straight back into our own ways. It's like we've been let out of the mud, washed clean, and then we want to race straight back and roll around in the mud again. (laughs) We're pretty good at it, actually. And as Paul sets out to teach Timothy, when we do that, well, we're hampering God's plan for our lives. Have a listen to this sobering instruction from the old apostle to his young protege. It's 2 Timothy chapter 2, beginning at verse 20. In a large house, there are utensils not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for special use, some for ordinary. All who cleanse themselves of the things I have mentioned will become special utensils, dedicated and useful to the owner of the house, ready for every good work. So shun youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Have nothing to do with with stupid and senseless controversies. You know they breed quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kindly to everyone, an apt teacher, patient, correcting opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant that they will repent and come to know the truth, and that they may escape from the snare of the devil, having been held captive by him to do his will. You know the, the picture that Paul wants to paint here for me? It's the picture of a special vessel, clean and pure in God's hands, made of gold and silver, being used by God to pour God's spirit and God's love and God's mercy and God's grace into the life of another. I can't go past that picture. To, to be such a utensil in the hands of God is just the most awesome thing. But some, you see, some utensils are clean, And so they are special utensils, others are not. And so they're just for ordinary day-to-day use. And then again, Paul goes on to list what appeared to be an excerpt from the B list of sins. Youthful passions, stupid and senseless controversies, and goes on and says, don't murder and commit adultery and, and steal. 
But sin is sin, and all sin acts as a snare of the devil, and so renders us unfit for use as a special vessel. God is looking, my friend, for men and women who are mature in Christ, those who pursue righteousness, faith and love and peace from a pure heart, those who are kind, correcting people with gentleness. That's the sort of person that God is looking for, to be a special utensil in his mighty and powerful hands. Because if we're dirty on the inside, he can't use a dirty vessel to pour his love and mercy and power and and grace and joy and peace out on someone else, can he? It's obvious. So, so here's the sobering thing that God wants to say to you and to me today. We may well have a dream. We, we may well be aware of the gift that God has placed within us. We may have a great hold on the purpose that he has for our lives. But persistent sin is going to hamper that plan. It's going to hold us back from being a special vessel set apart for a special purpose. And friend, Only God can clean us through our faith in Jesus as he forgives us, as he wipes our slate clean, and through the Holy Spirit whom he would place in each believer as he grows us and matures us to make us ever cleaner, ever more fit to be used for this special purpose as a special utensil in the hands of God. Some people today are missing out on living their dream. They're missing out on exercising their gifts and seeing it have an impact in other people's lives because they haven't cleansed themselves through faith in Jesus Christ and through cold, hard, brutal repentance, turning away from their sin and turning back towards God. And that, let me tell you, that is so sad. Well, that's pretty much all we have time for today. But before I go, there's something very important that I need to share with you. Our passion here at Christianity Works is to see your life powerfully transformed as you draw ever closer in a rich, dynamic relationship with Jesus. So let me encourage you to check out the treasure trove of practical, relevant and life-changing Bible teaching on our website, ChristianityWorks.com. It's full of free resources to help you draw closer to God. So dive into that media lounge to watch our weekly Christianity Works television broadcast or the daily fresh devotional videos. Everything's been conveniently categorized so that you can easily filter the content to quickly lay hold of just the teaching you need for whatever you're going through today. And when you do get in touch, please don't forget to request your free copy of that life application booklet I mentioned earlier. It's called Rekindling the Flame, and it's all about helping you become all that God made you to be. With all my heart, I know that Jesus wants to have a powerful impact on your life to bring you his joy, his peace, and his power. So go on, head across to the mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com, and check it out. I'm Bernie Diamond. I'll catch you again same time next week with another message of God's love, God's grace and God's power for each one of us in Jesus Christ.
Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.